0: In a stadium rich with tradition, the lights shine the brightest. This is The Camp. Now, here's your host, Zach Heilprin, on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Yes, welcome into The Camp. I'm Zach Heilprin. He is Jesse Temple. Badgers getting ready to take on Minnesota. We're recording this on Tuesday, so uh, when you're listening to it, just keep that in mind, obviously, with the holiday and. Um, Things going on prior to the game. Best we could do for, the, for our second episode this week. But yes, Wisconsin getting ready to head up to Minnesota. Jesse, I was on uh, SiriusXM earlier this week, and they offered up a question that I thought was a pretty good one that I want to now give to you. If Wisconsin is able to beat Minnesota and win the Big Ten West, where does this rank in terms of Paul Chris coaching jobs?
1: I need to look up... <laughs>
0: I'll let you think about that for a second. I kind of, I'm kind of the opinion of it's, it's impressive. It's up there. It's up there with, you know, go. I guess to an extent, going undefeated in, in uh, 2017, just based on some of the teams that they played that year. And I guess to an extent, 2019. I, I really feel like it matters what happens if they do win this game. I think it really matters what happens the following week because if they don't, it's going to be like, all right, well they beat the likes of Minnesota and Iowa and Purdue and still haven't beaten Penn State, Michigan, and Ohio State when it matters. But um, I'm wondering, I'm wondering, in your opinion, where, where it will rank.
1: Well, I'm with you 100%, and I go back to 2019 season as an example. I remember writing a column going into the, I think it was the Big Ten championship game, or maybe it was even the Rose Bowl, that if they won that game, that it would be, you know, I, I think I put it as the second the last rose bowl win you know how much i like 2017's orange bowl huge <laughs> fan you're a
0: huge fan there are there are a few things there are a few things in life that you like more than uh, that that i've found when it comes to covering things that you like more than that 2017 team plus the orange bowl
1: there's a lot more that i like but it just always <laughs> seems to come up in conversation but they lost that rose bowl and that drastically changed how i felt about what that season was for wisconsin and so Absolutely. It's, it, it's not an answer I can give until they play the Big Ten Championship game at the very least, because let's just say they do play Ohio State. I realize I'm get ahead of getting ahead of myself, but that's a team they haven't beaten since 2010. That's the team that's been the cream of the crop in the conference for a decade. And if they don't get over the hump again, then it just sort of feels like another season. And it's still a better season than a lot of other programs. But that's why it's hard to give the answer. from a Purely from a, a turnaround standpoint, You know, they've, they've done this sort of before right? I think 2016 was a year where they started one and two, where they had to play Michigan and Ohio state came all the way back and won the West. Um, yeah,
0: but yeah, but they were viewed much differently that year because they opened the season with wins against LSU who was number five in the country. And then they mm-hmm. opened, they went on the road and beat Michigan state who was in the top 10 in the, in the country. Neither of those teams turned out to be very good. And then they played Michigan and, and Ohio state tough. And so they were still ranked in the top 10, this team, or, you know, in the top 12 in this team, at one and three was on nobody's mind. It's been essentially on nobody's mind from even, you know, coming back and doing what they've done. I mean, the AP poll still has them right behind Iowa, even though what we've seen from Wisconsin the last three weeks, or if I go back to the uh, Purdue game, the last five weeks is significantly better than what Iowa's looked like in that same amount of time. So um I, that that season's just a little bit different for me just because of the way that they started it. If Wisconsin had started this year by beating Penn State and then losing the way they did, to, you know, Michigan and, and Notre Dame, maybe things are maybe they are treated a little bit differently, but they have been treated significantly differently than what they were that year.
1: The, there's no doubt that this would have to be up there in, in Paul Chris seasons. I mean, they've they've had so many good ones that it's it's a little bit of a challenge. I think if you were to ask Barry Alvarez, he would he raves about the 2015 season because of what Paul was able to do in his first season. You know, they they lose to Alabama in the opener. Now, granted, they didn't beat a ranked team that season, but lost to Iowa in that atrocious (laughs) ten six loss um, came back and had a pretty good season. But that was a season when Wisconsin didn't win the Big Ten West. So, uh, yeah, I mean, this has the potential to be number one. But to me, there's still a long way to go. And even beating Minnesota isn't enough for me to vault it to number one. Well, that's the thing. Like, it can only get to
0: number one if they end up winning the big 10 title game like whether it's ohio state or whether it's michigan obviously i think a lot of people it would it would hit and um you know probably stick with people more if it was ohio state but michigan either way i mean it's the way that they beat you earlier in the year you still you know having to be able to come back and, and get a win there i don't think it really matters i i said this last week it doesn't they don't they don't put the name of the person that the team that you beat the big 10 title game on anything. You know what I mean? Like it's, it it doesn't matter. Big 10 titles, big 10 title, but I I feel like if they don't, it's just another season.
1: Yep. I mean, whether I, whether that's fair or not, that's the place that Wisconsin football is at right now. You know, winning a big 10 West is great, but they've done that a lot. If they win, they're going to go to the big 10 championship for the seventh time since this game started in 2011. And they haven't won one of them since 2012. So at a certain point, you've got to start to win them. And I think of conversations I've had with Jim Leonard about this. He's the first to admit that, that for all the success that they've had, when I ask him, how do you take the next step? You've got to win big games. And as obvious as it sounds, there have been situations like this where Wisconsin comes up short. Um, So again, I think, yeah, the the next two weeks will determine a lot about how we view this season. But you're right about Michigan, too if they were to beat Michigan that if Michigan beats Ohio state, then they go in as a college football playoff, you know, what top five. Yeah. So it's, it's a team that already beat Wisconsin handily. And really I think was a turning point for Wisconsin after that. So either way, if they were to play either of those teams, it would be huge if the Badgers could win.
0: I feel like we've talked about, uh, this a lot in these last seven weeks, but you wrote an article about, uh, you know how things changed for Wisconsin um and and the way that they have been able to uh to turn to turn things around and how proud are they how proud they are of it why do you think they have been able to do what they've done and I don't want to just I know a lot of people just say look at the te- look at the teams they played and that's part of it but there's more to it than that
1: yeah uh, i think it takes you know, Leo Chanel said something interesting, and I, I think I referenced this um, in the last show that we did. But he, he talked about that it would have been easy for the team to say, all right, screw it. We're down right now. Whatever. Let's just get through the season. But there were a lot of leaders that stepped up in those moments, and they they said, we can do this. We can we can win the rest of these games. I mean, Jack Sanborn would come out every week and talk about how he knew this team was good. but it's one thing to talk about it, and it's another thing to go do it. And they came in every week and just prepared for that particular game. It's a lot of sports cliches, is what I think I said previously. But those things are meaningful and matter when you get a team that buys in and believes. Obviously, that starts with Paul Christ and the focus on just one game. But that's allowed them to get to this point. I know the offense had a players-only meeting after that Michigan loss, and it seemed to be pretty productive. Guys just started playing better. Because the defense alone wasn't going to get this team to where it's gotten to. So there's a lot of factors at play, but they've played better. They've had trust in themselves. They've had leaders emerge at key times, and it's gotten them to this point. And that's why none of them are looking at, oh, if we win this game, we're in a Big Ten championship. There's plenty on the line against Minnesota to begin with, with the acts and the rivalry and everything. And that's how they've gotten to this point. And that's how they're going to approach this week.
0: What do you think matters more, the Big Ten West or the Axe?
1: <laughs> to who? To the players. Um, <laughs> that's a tough question. I mean, the Axe the Ax matters uh, a lot. But uh, I don't know. A chance to play for the Big Ten Championship? I, I, I don't know if I can answer that because I'm not a player on the team. In your mind, what's more important? I mean... It's it's playing for a Big Ten championship. It just so happens that you get you get both with yeah. a win.
0: Yeah.
1: I, if you lost to Minnesota in a season and wound up in the Big Ten championship, I sort of think you'd feel a hell of a lot better than if you beat Minnesota and finished third in the West. I just do. Maybe I'm maybe I'm in the minority because you know it depends I'm when you lose Minnesota. Minnesota. Fan. It depends yeah, when you I lose Minnesota. So. Like if if you lo- like in 2010 they played
0: them early in the year. They've played them earlier in the year at times. You know like when it's the last game of the year and what's on the line, it always means it usually means something it didn't in 2018. And yet, you know, PJ Fleck is still talking about that game. Minnesota people are still talking about that game. They're going to be talking about that game forever. Assuming they don't win a game against Wisconsin again. Uh, That's just going to be like, that's what everyone points to. And it was actually very, very interesting talking to guys this week about uh, specifically Jack Sanborn, who was here as a freshman and lost his first game to minnesota and then went up to minnesota in 2019 and won the game won the axe and won the west but the axe and just the way like the losses stick with you more than the wins uh in the in this rivalry at least for wisconsin because the the wins are so regular and the losses so irregular i think it was interesting jim leonard was talking about that uh when he was asked about his memories and and losing in 20 uh 2003 and then winning it in 2004 and like he talks and thinks about the 2004 game a lot he thinks about the 2003 loss a lot but doesn't talk about it a lot so like um you know those are there there there's something there's an image in your head that you get when the opposing team is running over to your sideline and ripping something away that means that you know so much to you and especially when it's wisconsin and having it essentially become another member of the team over the last what 16 years uh, since it's been so often in Madison that it kind of, it's like you're missing a piece of yourself when it's not in there.
1: It's the biggest game of the regular season for both teams. And even though Wisconsin has won more often than not in the last decade and a half, like it's the only game where if you go down into the locker room, they're playing on the, the TVs in a loop, just different senior classes running around celebrating with the ax. They've got the axe out and people touch it after practice as they walk off the field. And this is that game. It, it just it just means more, right? <laughs> as the saying goes. It it yeah. just does. That's how it is for this game, because of the how many in-state guys there are. They understand the importance of this game. And guys who are from out of state realize very quickly how meaningful this game is. Do you have a favorite? rivalry moments or
0: game uh between these two teams since you've start since you started covering it
1: that's a good question well they've played twice with the division online if i'm not mistaken in the last yeah. decade 2014 uh, and 2019 yep and i know it
0: wasn't it, i think it was online in 2016 but i think that was only for wisconsin
1: yeah um i mean <laughs> A fun one is when <laughs> the Gary Anderson era team won and Minnesota wouldn't let them chop down yes. the post. <laughs> I mean, great moments in, in rivalry history. Were, were you down there? I wasn't at, uh, for that one. Yeah, yeah,
0: I was. And video of it. And it was like, that was as intense, intensive a situation on a field that I've ever been involved in, you know, in, in covering it. You know what I mean? Like it was, you had, I mean, just how ridiculous is Minnesota? You're not going to come down, chop down our gopost something that's been done throughout the rivalry forever. And and they're just going to take a stand. And yeah, I mean, it, it got it got close. Uh, and then Gary Anderson almost got into it with a with uh, a police officer. Like it was it was intense. It was it was crazy that that one sticks out for me in terms of covering things. And then also the one in 2019 going up yep. there and being on the field for that one afterwards, seeing them row the using the uh, axe as an oar at midfield, Chris, Orr using it as an, oar at midfield and, and, uh, rowing the boat. I mean, and you could feel that that was something that had been in the making since the last time they lost, like since the last time, you know, the previous year, I, I'm sure you wrote stories about it, talked about it. The, they put like pictures of, uh, cause the ax obviously wasn't there. So they put pictures of Minnesota celebrating where the ax usually is. Mm-hmm. And they did that throughout the off season. And so like that was all built up and it, and it came pouring out when they went up there and um, not just ended with Minnesota's best season in, in forever, but also claimed the Axe and, and uh, won the Big Ten West. It was uh, – th- those two moments took out in terms of covering.
1: Yep, the 2019 game is the one that, that comes to mind first. Um, obviously, the, the on-field fracas was fun for rivalry purposes, but absolutely, that, that entire year, they built it up to that game, and the celebration was – there was so much joy, and it was snowing that day, and I, I remember players like diving – on the field afterward, trying to make snow angels. And it was, it was, uh, it was a great moment for Wisconsin's football program. And obviously they wound up going to the Rose bowl that year and it wouldn't have happened without that win. It wouldn't have. I mean, it just, they spoiled Minnesota too. I mean, on it, like, let's be real. Minnesota had a fantastic start and had a chance to get to the Rose bowl themselves. So like to snatch that away from your bitter rival and get it yourself. Does it get much better than that? You mean the co big 10 West champion, Minnesota Gophers? Um, I think only one team Big, defines it as such. Co-Big Ten West champions? Yes. Put
0: that on a ring. Put college game day logo on a ring. Just, yeah. PJ. PJ, buddy. Personally, like for, in terms of as a fan growing up before I started covering things, the 2005 game probably is very difficult to top because just the emotion of it at the end of it, um, so unexpected, just so ridiculous. Part of a series of those games that happened in that 2003 2004 2005 period of wisconsin football but that that one's going to be seared in uh, i think most people's minds for forever i think it may be the most epic uh game that has happened at least from wisconsin's point of view that's that's happened I and mean, there was a there was an overtime one i believe in 1999 that they were that they were able to win uh as well but the 2005 game is one that is probably going to stick out and, and people are not going to forget it at
1: yeah, I don't Agreed? disagree. Yeah. Okay, good. Thank you.
0: Appreciate it. <laughs> um, all right, let's 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 get into this week's game, Wisconsin and Minnesota. Some over-unders to get this thing started because I know uh, I'm, I'm interested to see what Wisconsin is able to do on the ground against Minnesota. Minnesota is the third-ranked rushing defense in the Big Ten. They're only giving up 103 yards per game. Wisconsin has been able to run it on everybody in this seven-game winning streak. Over under Wisconsin two hundred yards rushing against Minnesota.
1: Ooh, you set the bar high. Is that didn't you set it at low two hundreds against Nebraska last week? I set it at two hundred four. I took the over on that. I hope. Yes, <laughs> I think I did. Hmm. Um, yeah, well, I, I keep think track. I, did.
0: I keep very close track of these things, Jesse. I'm pretty sure um, two hundred yards this week. You know, so they've only given up. They've only given up more than two hundred yards once all year. Yeah, and that was against Ohio State. In the season opener.
1: I am still going to take the over. Um, I just feel like Wisconsin is rolling. They found something that appears to be really special. And during their winning streak, no team in the FBS has run for more yards than Wisconsin. Now, obviously, this is predicated on Raylan Allen staying healthy enough to get through there because they don't have those numbers without him. But I think the line is playing much better. I think Wisconsin's going to be fairly committed to the run. And I just think they're going to succeed.
0: I would, I agree, and I also think it's it it is a matchup of of run games, right? Like in, I think a lot has been made of Minnesota's. Issues in the t- at the tailback spot because I believe they're on their fourth string tailback at t- tailback at this point. And maybe even worse, that I, I I'm not positive. Uh, they, they've I know they've lost the top three for sure, including Mo Ibrahim, which was just a, a huge loss. A lot has been made of their losses. Now Wisconsin is also without its top three running backs. It just so happens that their fourth turned out to their eh, fourth fifth. What would you say? Railing out fourth eh, or fifth. To, Probably their, yeah. We'll, we'll go with fifth to start the season. Their sure. their fifth tailback turned out to be their best tailback and just so hap- that i mean that just so happens to be the case obviously for minnesota that has not been the case but they are ranked uh 23rd in the country in rushing they're averaging 204 yards per game wisconsin's defense obviously the top rushing defense in the country over under 120 yards rushing for minnesota
1: i am going to take the over on this one um you're right. So Minnesota right now is playing with the guys who were their fourth and fifth running backs. Kai Thomas, Marquise Irving. Ibrahim's gone. Trey Potts is gone. Bryce Williams was hurt. But you look, and even with these guys, they're running for a boatload of yards. They've had 100-plus yard games um, with these guys. Minnesota has 513 rushing attempts this year. More rushing attempts than any team in the Big Ten. That's more than Wisconsin, which has 502. And one of the things that Jim Leonard talked about on Monday was that he was asked, why have they been able to still have success, even though they've had all these running back injuries and guys are coming in and still playing really well. He talked about the fact that they have a true identity, that they know who they are. They know what they're good at and everything builds off the run game. So they're, they're committed to it. And that's why I think that they're going to, surpass 120 yards. Maybe they run the ball 40 times. I mean, that that's, that's what they've been doing to this point. This season is just handing it to the running backs a lot. And Leonard said that they do a really good job of of getting to the edges and leading teams for extra yardage in the run game because of how difficult it is to square up those guys and knock them backward. So they certainly have a challenge on their hands. Um, And that's my answer. That's why I think they're going to go over because I think they're going to be tremendously committed to it. And, you know, it's not exactly like Army, but it's a team that knows what it wants to do and it's just going to keep doing it.
0: Yeah, the one win that Minnesota has since 2004 came in 2018. They ran it 47 times for 201 yards. It's not exactly like uh, they'll they'll take 4.2 yards of carry, right? They have run the ball very well this year. It's been a bit of a slog, though, of late. Last three games, uh, under four yards of carry. Against uh, in total against Illinois, Iowa, and Indiana, um, but they've they've kept on doing it. They ran it 50 times against Iowa. They ran it 48 against Indiana. So they are they they're committed to it. There is no doubt about that. But I don't see them doing it against Wisconsin. Like I, I get that they're going to do what they're going to do. Right? Like they're gonna be they're gonna be the uh, they're gonna try and run it. I just don't envision it being something that is uh, gonna be successful. Overall, only three teams have run for 100 yards against Wisconsin this year, Nebraska, Army, and Michigan. Michigan averaged two and a half yards a carry. Army averaged three and a half yards a carry. Nebraska was at 2.89. Is Minnesota going to be committed enough to the point where they're going to continue to hammer their head against the wall?
1: Well, I was going to say that just because I think they're going to hit that over mark, I don't think they're going to have a ton of success against Wisconsin's defense. But let's say they ran it 40 times for 120 yards. That's three yards a carry. That's not good enough uh, in this game. So uh, I don't anticipate them having a ton of success. I just anticipate them doing it a lot. Um, This is another question, but I I think – I got it in a mailbag, so you know I have a mailbag that's running on Wednesday, and and I think people watched that Nebraska game, and they were very concerned because of how many yards Nebraska put up, and people have wanted to know whether that was like a blueprint that other teams will follow. You know, did Nebraska figure out Wisconsin's defense, and can we expect Minnesota to use the game, same game plan? And I just, they're two totally different styles, and I, I think I think that, but but there seems to be a maybe it's a minority of of the fan base that has this concern that, ah, Nebraska put something on tape and other teams are going to do it. And Hey, maybe Ohio state can do some of those things, but this, some of those things, but this week, I mean, Tanner Morgan is not Adrian Martinez. He's just not, he's got 17 total rushing yards this season. Some of that's because of sacks, but he hasn't run for more than 29 yards in a game. This season, Martinez ran for at least 29 yards in a game, eight times this season. And two of them were hundred yards. And I think I talked about this in our, previous episode, but just look at the play that he had where it's fourth and two at the 45, and they've got the design quarterback run, and he's basically stopped and somehow keeps it alive long enough to throw a 38-yard pass to a six-nine tight end. Most quarterbacks can't do that. That's not Tanner Morgan style. And again, Minnesota is very different because they just are going to run the ball, run the ball, and, and, and their quarterback is much different. So for anybody concerned about like, oh, Nebraska did something against Wisconsin's defense, can Minnesota do the same? It's not the same at all.
0: Also, to be fair, that was actually Wisconsin's best performance defensively against Nebraska in the three years that Scott Frost and Jim Leonard have faced off. So, at least they've uh, torched the defense. Yeah, statistically. I mean, they put up over 500 in 2018, they had close to uh, 500 in 2019, and then this time it was in the 460s. So, I mean, improvement, slight, but improvement, right? No? Okay. But I thought it was at least noteworthy that Jim Leonard gave a ton of credit to uh, Adrian Martinez for the way that he played when we talked to him on Monday. Like he, because there were, there were questions about it, like what, what happened like this, and he just said the quarterback played out of his mind, put yeah, the ball exactly where he needed to be.
1: That's that's exactly right. I mean, Nebraska's 17th in the country in total offense, and they played some pretty darn good teams. So even though they're 3-8, and eight, they've done this to pretty much everyone. They've also not been able to finish it off, which is why they're in this situation they're in. But you're absolutely right. Leonard said he played lights out, and he tipped his cap to him, and he said he thought he executed with, Ball placement and timing, probably as good as he had all season. And they just forced Wisconsin into some difficult situations. And Wisconsin wasn't always clean. That's what Leonard said. They they missed some tackles that they should have made. Jack Sanborn talked about that they were just a step slow sometimes and their communication wasn't as good as it should have been. And I think those are some things that potentially other teams could take advantage of down the road, but not the same system against Minnesota. And that's just what Nebraska's done to every team. And I think it's important to note. Even though Martinez has shredded them, all three of those games ended with Wisconsin wins.
0: Yes, they have. And uh, now they will look to try and do the same thing against Minnesota. Uh, one more over-under before we get into our picks for the weekend, Jesse. Turnovers. They have been even or better in six of the seven games they won. The last time that they were uh, lost the turnover battle was against Illinois. They were minus two. They were uh, It was zero against Army plus three against Purdue, plus three against Rutgers, plus three against Iowa, plus one against Northwestern, plus two against Nebraska, over under plus minus one and a half turnovers uh, against uh, Minnesota.
1: Mm. I'll, this is a tough one. I mean, one of the other things Leonard mentioned is that Minnesota has generally done a pretty good job of taking care of the football. I think they've got 10 turnovers this season. They've lost three fumbles. They've thrown seven picks. So that's less than one a game. I'm going to take the under on this one. Um, I don't think think it's going to be much of an advantage for either side. And yeah, I'm going to go with the under. But I'd love to hear your perspective on this one.
0: (laughs) I think, you know, I, I do think they're going to be having some opportunities to pick some balls off. I, I do think Wisconsin's going to be able to run it. I think they're going to get a lead, and uh, Tanner Morgan's going to have to make some plays. And there's going to be some opportunities for Caesar Williams and Fayon Hicks and Colin Wilder and whoever else is in the secondary at the moment um, to have a, a chance to make some plays. I do, and I also think that they're going to get after Tanner Morgan. Um, now, I'm 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 interested to see how how Minnesota attacks Wisconsin's defense. Key wise, because we saw Nebraska do that, right? We saw we saw them. They they had some things figured out against Wisconsin, and I, I know like systematic wise, it's not going to be the same challenge. But there there were some things that happened that Wisconsin keys on, and if it happens, they do this. And I thought Nebraska did a good job of identifying that. And you would think Wisconsin probably probably uh, will make some adjustments when it comes to that, right?
1: Are you referencing? You know, getting linebackers and yes. pass coverage, and with the with the tight ends, and yeah. they may start out blocking and going out a little later.
0: Yes, that that and and running back staying in and blocking and uh, and then leaking out and that that type of stuff. Like there are, it's pretty clear. I mean, it it seemed pretty clear that in those situations, Leo uh, Leo Chanel and, and Jack Sanborn are teeing off. Like that's yes, so. Um, again, we Leo would not get into details on on the keys that uh, that they have and that type of stuff, but it felt like at times, at times against Nebraska, it was pretty clear.
1: Yeah, I, I think I think Wisconsin will make the adjustments necessary. I I think it'll be a good day for the Badgers on Saturday. <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> will we'll get into
0: your pick for that game in a minute, but let's start with uh, some other games in the Big Ten. It's a it's a big weekend uh, for a lot of teams involved. Iowa can keep their chances alive for a uh, Big Ten West title with a win against Nebraska on Friday. Uh, Nebraska was favored in this game. It started at about three and a half, I believe it was. And then news came on Monday that Adrian Martinez would not play. He's dealing with a shoulder injury that apparently he suffered against Wisconsin. Now, we saw him at the end of the first half. Uh, not take the snap, I think uh because uh, they, they there was something going on there we We thought for a minute he may be injured, turns out he was, um, and the game has now flipped Iowa uh is favored by one and a half that the game is in Lincoln
1: well, Martinez's presence makes all the difference in the world. If he was playing, I might even be inclined to pick Nebraska straight up, <laughs> but without him i'm I'm going to Iowa. And I'll take the over. I mean, Nebraska's offense has been able to put up some points. I don't know what it'll look like without Martinez, but uh, I think Iowa wins this one and it'll make Saturday much more compelling, obviously, because they will have the half game edge going into the regular season finales. So we'll see.
0: I mean, it's, it's interesting. You're going to get, these are, it's essentially two backup quarterbacks, right? Cause you got, I like Spencer Petrus has been mm-hmm. essentially benched Alex Padilla coming in for, for him and, and playing salad, I think, uh, would be a a good term for him. And then obviously for Nebraska without Adrian Martinez, it's going to be, uh, Logan Smothers at quarterback. And he's had not a ton of, not, not a ton of reps this year, but yeah, it's a battle of a a couple of backup quarterbacks, one due to injury. The other one due to inefficiency from uh, Spencer Petras.
1: Yeah. I, I, yeah, I think I, I think I was going to win it though. So.
0: Yeah, no, I'm going to take Iowa as well. But again, I mean, Nebraska has played everybody tight. Even Adrian Martinez or not, they have played everybody tight. And I think they play Iowa tight as well. But I'm going to, I'm going to take Iowa and I'm going to take the uh, over. Um, moving on here, another, obviously, the huge one in the East. It's Ohio State and Michigan. Winner wins the Big Ten East and uh, goes on to the Big Ten title game. Ohio State favored by eight. The over-under is 64 and a half. This game is in the big house. The number seems very small to me based on what we've seen from Ohio State the last two weeks.
1: (laughs) You know, I would tend to agree with you, but I also think this is like a defining moment for Jim Harbaugh's Michigan tenure. They've got him at home. Um, Nobody's been able to beat Ohio State really, and Harbaugh hasn't either. I think they keep this close. I'm going to go... With Michigan on this with the points, uh, I'm not saying I think they're going to beat Ohio State, but eight points is enough wiggle room in the big house for me to believe that this is close enough that Michigan covers. And Get I will at- take, I will take the over.
0: Get the eight while you can. I think that's going to be. It started at seven. I think it actually started at six and a half. I think it maybe. Um, I think it may hit double digits before the for kickoff on Saturday. We'll see. I, I'm I'm taking Ohio State. I'm taking the over. CJ Stroud's been on fire. The offense has just been insane, and the defense has been good enough. Now, the biggest question is, can uh, Michigan get pressure on CJ Stroud and, and kind of affect things with him? If they can, then I think they've got a shot. And they they have been able to they have been able to do that for um, a large portion of this season. They have been able to affect the quarterback. We saw it against Wisconsin. Now that was a different Wisconsin team way back on October second, but they've had they've. They've been able to affect the quarterback. If they can affect CJ Stroud enough, then I think they've got, a ch- they've got a chance. I'm just not positive they can do it. So I'm going to take Ohio State and take the over. Uh, a couple other games, Penn State traveling to Michigan State. Uh, the Spartans uh, coming off an absolute disaster against Ohio State, and uh, I think that's probably why where a lot of my view of Ohio State is skewed when it, goes, it comes to Ohio State and Michigan. But either way, Michigan's pass defense is much better than Michigan State's past defense, clearly uh Penn State favored by a point the over under 51 and a half
1: I like Michigan State in this one I know last week they were completely annihilated by Ohio State I'd like to think the Spartans are a better team than that neither team has been great here down the stretch I think the Spartans have lost two of their last three Penn State nowhere near the team we thought they were at the start of the season Eh, I mean I know they beat Rutgers 28 to nothing but (laughs) <laughs> lost to Michigan, lost to Ohio State, lost to Illinois, in nine overtimes, lost to Iowa. I'm going to go with the Spartans. I'm going to take the under.
0: The only thing that gives me pause here is what Illinois did to, the, to Penn State on the ground. They ran for 357 yards. It's essentially uh, really the only. Eh, we've had a couple other games where they, they've given up some rushing yards, but like Kenneth, Wa- if Kenneth Walker can get going, it, I would pick Michigan State. But I don't think he is going to get going. I think I think Penn State has enough defensively to sh- to slow him down. And I am going to take uh, Penn State in that one, and I'm going to take the under. Uh, also, this one also m- means something for some teams in the Big Ten West. Indiana taking on Purdue. Purdue is favored oh. by 15. The over/under is 50 and a half. Is that the old Oaken Bucket, or is that right? I believe it is. Yeah, I mean, you worked in you worked in Indiana, didn't you?
1: I did. I didn't cover Indiana or Purdue. I was in Ball State country, but I was okay. covering high schools. So yeah, uh, um.
0: Purdue favored by 15. <laughs>
1: Um, I'll take the, I'll take Indiana with the points. I think Purdue wins. Indiana has been terrible this year, but I, I feel like in rivalry games, uh, just crazy stuff happens. I mean, their quarterbacks last week against Minnesota combined to complete eight of 19 passes. So for 77 yards, I don't have any confidence in Indiana whatsoever. I just feel like, Hey, it's a rivalry game. Maybe it'll wind up being closer than it should be. I will take the over.
0: I'm going to take Purdue because Indiana sucks, and um, I'm going to take the over as well. Again, I mean Indiana has has barely eh, of late has barely put up a fight.
1: Yeah, I instantly regret making this pick, and now you're going to have an opportunity to get a game up on me in the standings, <laughs> but got to go with my first thought.
0: Yeah, I mean, they lose 35 to 14 to Minnesota, they lose 38 to three to Rutgers they did. Uh, offer up a little bit of resistance to Michigan. It was 29 to 7, but still. I mean they've, they've only played a couple of games in the big 10 that were in the single digits uh, at Maryland and against Michigan State. Other games they've gotten blown out in all of them. So I, uh, I think the way that Purdue's offense, especially when Aiden, the good Aiden O'Connell shows up, is uh, a, a big time problem for Indiana. Uh, moving on. Game of the week in the Big Ten West. It's Wisconsin traveling to Minnesota. Badgers favored by seven. The over-under is 39. I believe that's the, the third or the fourth time it's been in the 30s for Wisconsin this year. And, uh, yes, so who, what do we got? Who you got?
1: Uh, according to my weather app, it's going to be 41 degrees in Minneapolis, partly cloudy, no snow, so not a repeat of 2019. I don't know how much that matters, but I think I'm going to take <laughs> – Wisconsin's going to be able to run. They're going to be able to pass. I think they're going to, I think they're going to win this one going away. So I'm picking Wisconsin to cover. I am taking the over. Badgers win the West. Go to the Big Ten championship game.
0: You got a score for me?
1: Sure. Um, Twenty-eight to thirteen.
0: Twenty-eight to thirteen. Wisconsin over Minnesota. I like the pick. I like Wisconsin with the points. Uh, I did, I did have a little bit of a, I've talked about the stats of war thing, right? On, uh, the guy that does that on, on Twitter before, and he had Northwestern's point total at 0.6 and ended up being right, uh, save for the, uh, <laughs> save for the, um, the return fumble for a touchdown. He has, this is essentially a, a toss up. Um, okay. yeah, 50, I think it's like 51 to 49, something like that. So not in terms of points, but, um, I think it's like 23 to 22. I don't see Minnesota scoring 22 points. So I'm, I'm, I'm taking Wisconsin. I'm taking them up 34 to 14. Wisconsin wow. over Minnesota. Yes. And uh, they win it and they win it going away, as you said, and they move on and take on Ohio State in the Big Ten title game. And uh, we'll determine whether it's a good season or not based off of that.
1: I think that's entirely fair. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's that's it's how it not. Goes.
0: It's not. But it, but we will because uh, that's just the way it is. Uh, it's it can, it's a good season, but it's not a great one because you still can't get over the hump and, and win the Big Ten title game. But again, where they've come from to where they are now, very very impressive, and everyone should be very excited about it. And uh, the opportunity to beat Minnesota, keep the Axe, and uh, get back to Indy is a huge accomplishment. I think it's just for us, you know, it's just another season if they can't finish it off. But either way. Worry about that next week for Wisconsin fans. This week, it's all about Minnesota and, and dealing with Tanner Morgan and and the rest of that offense and, and getting it done uh, against Minnesota's defense. Jesse, thank you very much. Have a very good Thanksgiving.
1: You too, Zach. Look forward to seeing you up in Minneapolis.
0: Sounds good. All right, there he is, Jesse Temple from the Athletic. You've been listening to the Camp here at the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.